Greetings, everyone. Greetings, everyone. This is Derek with Overcomers Life Group Podcast. I am honored to be blessed to have our special guest with us today. As a matter of fact, she is our first guest on our podcast, and we're both excited. Our guest is a former trial attorney and former trial judge that has transformed into a prominent transformational life coach and CEO of a wonderful company by the name of Her Rich Life. She is all about helping women love their lives and design work that feeds their soul. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Miss Joyce Averills to the Overlife Overcomers Life Group podcast. Welcome, 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 Joyce. How are you today? I am well. Thank you, Derek. It's so good to be here. I'm excited and looking forward to talking with you today. Fantastic. Likewise, so am I. This is uh, really a treat and pleasure. And again, like I say, you're our first guest and I say I'm very excited, a little bit nervous, but excited <laughs> at the very same time. So. Don't be nervous. I'm honored. I'm the first guest. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You're very welcome. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. So how's life been treating you with everything going on in the world right now, this pandemic and, you know, all the stuff that's going on now? Oh, wow. I, I know. I was thinking. I remember I was writing a um, podcast, uh, uh, not podcast, a newsletter um, article, and I was talking about remembering back in December how excited I was looking forward to January and the new millennium and, and you know, how there were going to be some big things happening and big changes in, in my life and in my business. Little did I know, yes, indeed, there was coming <laughs> some big changes um, and whatnot. I mean, the, this pandemic is nothing like I've, I've ever seen. It's nothing like most of us have ever seen. And so it's, it's been different. Um, People often ask me, you know, how am I dealing with with the situation? And I'm, uh, I explain, I'm an introvert, so mm -hmm. I always spend a lot of time inside at home anyway because I work from home um, okay. with with my own business. So that that wasn't a big difference. But I know for some people this is difficult. Even now that we've transitioned out of most of the stay-at-home orders. It's still different that, you know, you don't have a lot of people coming over to your home and mm -hmm. you don't go to the hairdresser or get your nails done and those kinds of things. And so it's, it's a little different, but I'm adjusting and looking very forward to the time when we have gotten through all of this mm -hmm. and we can get to a place that will be our new normal. So I'm looking forward to that. Right. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, this uh, definitely a big adjustment for everyone. I, I tell mm -hmm. you, um, you know, I was looking forward to um, getting at least one good long vacation in this year. But, um, you know, right now I'm not getting on nobody airplane right now. So I understand. <laughs> and besides that, last time I checked, there were only 26 countries allowing Americans in. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of limits things too, but I, I totally agree. I'm not getting on a plane going anywhere. Right. Um, I too was looking forward to a, a vacation and, and um, for now it's going to be a staycation. I'm not going anywhere for a while. Right. I understand. Yes, ma'am. So I just just have to ask you this. Um, I mean, what what was your reaction when I actually reached out to you to do this interview? Were you like totally shocked or? I mean, this um, no, not really. Um, and and I have two ways of looking at that. First of all, I do a lot of podcast interviews, and so oh, okay. um, yeah, so that. So I was familiar with, with doing that. But the second thing was, I know that both of us follow each other on Instagram and we often post about the same types of things. And, right. and so I, I wasn't surprised when you reached out. I was surprised when you told me that I was going to be the first guest. I thought you, your <laughs> podcast was, you know, um, you know, one where you had a lot of guests on, but I realized that you do most of yours as single um, speaker episodes. Right. And so then I felt kind of, oh, this is great. I'm going to be <laughs> the first one. So I felt kind of special. Okay. Oh, bless your heart. Bless your heart. 
<laughs> yes, ma'am. So before we dive into um, deep conversation about her rich life, mm-hmm. um, I would like to give you an opportunity to share with our audience just a little brief history about your background, you know, such as where you're from, and a little bit about your childhood, the teenage, teenage years, if you don't mind. Oh, sure. I am originally from South Carolina. I grew, um, was born in South Carolina, so grew up my teenage years in White Plains, New York. And my parents, right before my junior year of high school, decided to move back to South Carolina. Things were changing in New York and and were getting a lot more dangerous for what they felt were their young children. And so they wanted us in a more safe environment and also wanted us back around more family, although we had a lot of family up there. And so we moved back to uh, South Carolina. I live in a small coastal town right between Charleston and Myrtle Beach. And I spent two years um, in high school here and then went to the University of South Carolina in Columbia for college. After that, I went to Ohio State for law school. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> I had to get that plug in there. I and <laughs> and um, after that, I moved to Atlanta and I lived in Atlanta for 28 years. And Atlanta was a place that uh, I've spent all my professional life when I was still in, in the legal field. And it's the place I always thought that I would um, live and even die in, if you will. That was home for me. Right. And I took early retirement. And once I did that, I was just, and I had been retired for a couple of years and I was speaking with my mom and she asked me, she said, have you ever thought about moving back to Georgetown? And my immediate answer was no, <laughs> I have not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> often accused her of having prayed about that thing on me because for days, right. you know, it just stayed in my mind and stayed in my mind until Finally, you know, I prayed about it. And the Lord said, yes, this is what I want you to do. And she was getting older. Um, you know, and my dad had gone home to be with the Lord uh, many years earlier. And so I just felt like, okay, it, you know, I'm retired. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm retired. Right. And what I do, I can do from anywhere. I don't have to be in Atlanta. And so I moved to Georgetown um, to live with her and, and take care of her. And um, she's still pretty mobile. So it's not a whole lot of taking care of, uh, but there's still some. And so um, I've been here now. This, I'm starting my eighth year. October will make a total of eight years. And I have to say that I am really liking the slower pace. I don't have to worry about all the traffic and all of those kinds of things that um, I had to deal with in Atlanta. And so it's been good. It's been a good move. And I'm looking forward to one of my, my youngest brother is moving um, closer. He's moving to Myrtle Beach um, this year. And oh, okay. I'm trying to lure the other one from Greenville, South Carolina. So we'll all be back in the same place again. Wow. But so that's, that's me in a, a nutshell, my background as far as my personal life. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, because I had an aunt and cousin that lived in White Plains, New York. And, um, wow. Yes, ma'am. It's been, uh, she's, unfortunately, she's passed on, but, you know, mm-hmm. I was back in my little youth years that I think I went there twice when I was a oh, okay. little mm-hmm. young fella. And um, as far as South Carolina, my grandfather, he's from Jamestown. You ever heard of that? I sure have. I've um, been to Jamestown at least once because they have a great <laughs> light display at Christmas time. And I took my mother uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was. It was a lot of fun. It was it was really nice. But you see the signs every time I go through downtown Charleston heading um, somewhere else. So, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with Jamestown. Oh, OK. That's all right. Yes, ma'am. So during your childhood years was education like really a main focus of you, you know, by your parents and, you know, family? Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Um, the, I, I had several older cousins. Um, I, I'm the oldest of three. So I had several older girl cousins who had gone to college and I always looked up to them and they would always talk to me about going to college and what college was like and what sorority to pledge and, you know, um, what to study and all those kinds of things. And my family, my mom and my dad, they were totally into education. If, if nothing else was going to happen, we were going to get an education. 
And I, I like to tell people they ensured that that would happen because once mm-hmm. we moved to South Carolina, they decided that they wanted to be these little small time farmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, grandparents had some land and they decided to plant tobacco and, oh, wow. and cucumbers and, and all the stuff that we had to tend. Now you think about taking some inner city kids and moving them down to the South and they're now in fields. And it was like, okay, I don't want to do this for life. So yes, I am going to college. And mm-hmm. I can, do you remember encyclopedias, the, the um, hard books? Oh yeah, like world yes, books encyclopedia. Okay, yes, well, ma'am. they brought those and they would make <laughs> us pick one and start reading. You know, wow. they were very much into us knowing our history. And so they bought a lot of um, books by black authors and um, books about black history that we had to read. Then um, they said, you're not going to learn everything you need to know in school. So you need to know this. And so that was the, you know, the second thing. But the other thing was when I was 12, um, we had a career day at um, junior high school. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, seeing different professions, people coming in representing different professions. And, and there was a lawyer. And and I thought to my mind, okay, this guy was talking to us. That's like what Perry Mason did. And that's what Ben <laughs> Matlock did. And I liked them. And I thought to myself, I could do that. I could stand in a courtroom and argue a case before a jury. I, I think I want to be a lawyer. And so I decided wow. then that I was going to be a lawyer. So from that point on, everything I did as far as my behavior, the classes I studied, the things that I did, they were all um, geared towards getting me into law school, graduating and passing somebody's bar exam. Wow. So you just focus in, I mean, just from that little bit of experience that caused you to get that laser light focus and to, to, to mm-hmm. shoot for that, you know, just off of that little bit of experience. That's, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. And, and, and awesome. let me tell you another part of that story. When I decided I was going to be um, a lawyer, mm-hmm. I was so excited. I went and told my guidance counselor, I knew what I wanted to do and this was it. And she tried to dissuade me. She said, well, I don't, think you should do that. Maybe you should think about being a teacher or a lawyer. And there's absolutely a teacher or a nurse. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a teacher or a nurse. Very right. um, great professions. It's just mm-hmm. not what I was called to do. Exactly. Those are not my gifts. You know, I, I right. could see myself trying to um, be a nurse and I'm looking at somebody like, you want me to do what? <laughs> You know, it's like, no. And so, no, that was, that was not my thing. So I went home and I told my mother and, and she said, oh, okay. And she didn't say anything more about it. The next day I got this call to come to the principal's office. And it's like, why am I coming to the principal's office? I'm an honor student. I don't go to the principal's office. I get to the principal's office and there's the principal and my mother. And my mother explains to him that he needed to change my guidance counselor today, right now, because Mm. she tried to to tell me that I could not be an attorney. If that was my dream, if that's what I wanted to do, she had no right to tell me that. And so I thought to myself, okay, so my mom believes I can do this. If nobody else thinks I can, my mother does. And I'm not gonna disappoint my mother. And so that's the other part of that that sort of helped me to focus in on this whole thing, idea of going to law school. And and all my life, uh, even in, as young as middle school. I've always been a speaker. Uh, people have always called me to speak at things. And it's, that's something that carried over it when I, once I became a lawyer. I knew, I didn't know when I went to law school what kind of law I wanted to practice. Um, but I knew that whatever I did was going to be trying cases because I wanted to be speaking in front of juries. Wow. That is awesome. And to hear your mom stick up and go to bat for you like that, that's there's nothing like having someone because some some people don't have anyone to, to believe. Absolutely, in them, you're in right. Dreams, and you was blessed to have your mom to stick up and go to bat for you like that. That is absolutely a blessing, and you know, awesome in itself. Wow. It is. Yes, She's man. always been one of my biggest cheerleaders, and so That's the cool. least I could do is move to Georgetown. <laughs> I know, right? That's your way of paying the back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That is beautiful. Very beautiful. So in your, I would say, maybe childhood years or teenage years, was there anything in the back of your mind that was like, you know, 
maybe one day I'd like to own my own business because, you know, for example, when I was a little kid, I would tell my grandfather, I was like, you know, granddad, one of these days I'm going to own my own business. If it's nothing else but a lemonade stand, I'm going to own my own business. I used to tell him that as a little boy. I never did get that lemonade stand. I did some other things, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, was it anything in the back of your mind to kind of? Um, actually, no. I, I came up during a time where parents told their children, go to college, get a degree, and then get a good job. And you work at that job for 20, 25, 30 years, and then you retire. Mm-hmm. And so that was sort of my mindset. And to be honest with you, even after I was exposed to entrepreneurship, because I had you know, friends who, who've done that sort of thing and knew people who had done it, mm-hmm. it was still never something that I thought of for myself. Right. And even once I left the bench and, and I retired from the legal um, profession, I still didn't go directly into entrepreneurship because I started with the online women's ministry. And I graduated from that to a nonprofit for elementary middle school girls. And then I started um, my business. And so I guess all of that was preparing me to the point that I am now. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So Joyce, um, in addition to being a transformational life coach, you also have a premarital slash marital counseling certification as well. Uh, So what kind of shifted you over to that, you know, your interest in that area of expertise? Well, um, First of all, it was it was something that I felt called to do, and um, I was I am I still am always have been a really good listener. I'm one of those people that um, people find easy to talk to. I'm I'm I can be sitting in a restaurant or a um, doctor's office or you know sitting on a train, and and I find people just talking to me, telling me stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've said to myself, okay, Lord, is, is this something that would be useful in this ministry? Because I, I was, I was certified at, through a program through my church, it was four year program through my church at mm-hmm. that time. And we had a counseling ministry at the church. And so we were all preparing to uh, work in that ministry. And what I found was that just as the Lord had blessed me to have speaking opportunities and do a good job at that. He also blessed me in that I was able to work with a lot of um, couples who were getting ready to be married, those who were already married, having issues and Mm -hmm. be able to help them. And so that was clearly a God thing. That's the only way I could explain it because like entrepreneurship, I never like sat down one day and said, okay, I'm going to be a counselor. That was not my thing. Nothing against it. It just wasn't something that I thought about doing until, you know, sometimes you're sitting in church and the pastor or someone else gets up and they start making an appeal for something. I remember when I started teaching uh, high school, Sunday school, um, at, at one of the churches I was a member of. And I was just, I had been praying to the Lord saying, Lord, I need to get more into my Bible. I need to study more. I'm reading it, but I'm not really diving into the word. And it wasn't long, maybe a couple of weeks later, there was a Sunday and the pastor got up and made an appeal for a Sunday school teacher for the high school class. The class had diminished. It was only about two kids and the teacher was leaving uh, and he needed someone else. And I said to myself, you know what, if I was teaching, I would read more. I I would actually study my Bible instead of just, just reading it. And so I volunteered to do it. And the Lord helped me to grow that class to over 50 high school students. And I dove into scripture like I never had before, because as you know, kids ask, as they say, the darndest thing, (laughs) (laughs) and you have to have some kind of answer. And so it was sort of the same thing with counseling. I was just sitting in the um, um, congregation one morning and the Lord, you know, put it on my heart when I heard the appeal for the program to go ahead and join that. And so that's mm-hmm. sort of how I, I got into it. And, and that's how um, I started, how I got my certification for counseling. Gotcha. All right. 
So being that that's the case, um, what would you tell a young lady, say, for instance, if she is going through a long divorce and, you know, just getting dragged through the mud and um, it's caused her to struggle financially, of course, emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, so forth and so on. What what little bit of advice would you tell a young lady in that type of situation? I can speak to that from two perspectives. First of all, I've gone through a divorce. And so I know the personal pain and it does not matter which party filed for the divorce. Mm-hmm. It still, it hurts both sides. Right. And so I know it feels like, um, almost like losing someone through death. I mean, it, it is wow. a painful process. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say is that, you know, the Bible says that God is with the brokenhearted and he will comfort those who need comfort. Um, When it comes to practicalities of what she's going through, um, first of all, I would would also say this. Um, If she goes to my website at Mm -hmm. um, Mm herrichlife.com, she can sign up to have a free session with me and I can talk to, if if she wants to talk to someone um, and I will talk to her further about her specific issues and it's not a selling session this is this is just something that I do so it would be a free session but the the thing about when you're you're in this place of pain i can remember one night i was so hurt i was so upset i was laid out on the floor prostrate prostrate before the lord mm-hmm. and just crying out to him and crying out to him and my mother called and and I did answer the phone and she then she asked what I was doing and I explained to her she said Joyce get up off the floor wipe your face now you pick up your bible and you start reading because there there are no words that I can give you right now that's going to comfort you that's going to take all of this pain away but there's healing in the word of god yes. and so you pick that up and you start reading and it, if you don't know where to go start with psalms and just start reading the psalms Right. And and she was right. And because I know one of the things that that happened for me, I, and I don't know if this would, you know, this could be the, the same situation with someone else, mm-hmm. is that going through a divorce, my my girlfriends, of course, they wanted to support me and even family members wanted to support me. Mm-hmm. And but the thing of it is you keep talking about this thing over and over and you keep rehashing it and they keep saying, yes, he was wrong. He that was awful. This and that might help in the moment, but right. it does not bring the healing that you need. And you can start healing while you're going through this painful process. There is healing mm-hmm. that you can have. And so, um, like I said, I, I would ask that she, if she wants to talk to someone who does not know her, does not know her situation, does not know her husband, mm-hmm. um, and she just wants a, you know, um, someone who is not biased on either side to talk to, she can um, sign up for a session with me on my website. And the other thing is that at this point, instead of um, not saying don't talk to people because sometimes you just have to, but this is a time to really dive into the word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And every time a negative thought comes, replace it with a scripture. Amen. And so if, if there's not one that you can remember right offhand, then keep your Bible close. And like I said, go to the Psalms, pick one and say mm-hmm. that instead. Right. Wow. That's some sound advice. And again, your mom, your mom is amazing. I never met her before, but just <laughs> listening to you talk about her, she has a lot of wisdom as well. She does. She really does. I am very grateful for her. Wow. Very grateful. Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to let you have the floor right now. And if you wouldn't mind discussing your business in detail with our audience, I'm going to kick off my shoes and prop my feet up. I'm going to take my toupee off and put that on my desk. And now I'm going to make myself at home and I'm going to let you have the floor right now. So um, you know, feel free to inform the audience. Of. All right, I'll try not to talk too long. <laughs> right? Oh, you know, you're giving somebody who likes to talk the floor. <laughs> but anyway, um, let me tell you about her rich life. Um, okay. Um, you've already talked about me being a coach. I am a coach, and I work with primarily women and women of faith, um, also. I'm also a speaker and um, 
author um, and a, I have a book that's coming up that I hope to have published by the end of the year. So there are different hats that I, I wear all doing the same thing, but her rich life encompasses all of that that I do. And the whole idea of living a rich life, first of all, you know by the name Her Rich Life that I do work with women because I, I started with the her. And so, yes, it is women. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, sometimes I get these inquiries from men and I don't think they're being sincere anyway. They look at my picture and they have other ideas. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> living a rich life is all about living a life that's real, inspiring, live by choice and makes you happy. And if you notice those, that's R-I-C-H. And, and that's what I mean about living a rich life, because a rich life does not depend on the balance in your bank account. We all know people who may not have a lot. They may not have a lot of money and they are filled with the joy of the Lord. And then there are some people who have more money than they'll ever be able to spend in this lifetime mm-hmm. and they are miserable. And so money is is not bad. Money is a resource. It's something that we use to help others. It's something that we use to provide for our families. It's mm-hmm. what we use to you know get the things that we want, but it is not the thing that makes uh, your life rich. Right. And so I break down each of those um, um, letters, if you will, enrich. And so the R stands for real. And I'm talking about authenticity. So often, um, especially women, we try to project this image of being someone that we are not. And, you know, God created us. He created us in his own image and he designed each of us as his own masterpiece. And so there is we have skills and talents and gifts that he has built into us so that we can use those things to glorify him and serve others. And so your life is not rich until you're being the true, real, authentic person that God created you to be. Amen. And so that's the R. So then we go on to inspiring. Uh, you know, most people I know, including myself, like to be inspired. I love to be encouraged and motivated. That's a great thing. But I think it's even a bigger blessing for each of us when we become the person doing the inspiring, when we can inspire someone else to live out their real selves, if you will, to live out their purpose, to live with intention. That's a blessing, not only for us, but for them. And so I call that the double blessing. Inspiring is being all about our purpose. You know, what were we placed here on this earth to do? The question is asked sometimes, will it have made a difference, you know, once you leave this place that you were actually here? Mm-hmm. And so when we can inspire others, our legacy will live on. It will live on through them. It will um, live even while we're here um, being this inspiring person. And so that's the I. Mm-hmm. Then we move on to the C and C is all about choice, choices. And what I have found for a lot of people, you know, you, you mentioned um, a little while ago that I seemed laser focused on, on this career path that I chose for myself. But what mm-hmm. I've come to find out is that is kind of rare. That's not the norm. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and when I talk to women so many times, they have fallen into lives that uh, they never designed for themselves, may not have even wanted, never created. So they're living this life that's by chance and it's not a life by design. And God has mapped out what he wants us to do with our lives. We only need ask him when it comes to Lord, you know, what is it that you want me to do? Who is the woman that you want me to be? If we ask him and we pray on that thing and we ruminate on it and we ponder it, he will tell us, he'll let us know. And so I focus on trying to help women see that you do have a choice. If there is something going on in your life, if you don't like your life as it is, you can change that. Now it might not change overnight, but there are things that you can do to bring about the change that you ultimately believe God wants you to have. And so that's C. And then we move on to the H and the H is about happy, being happy. And when I say being happy, I'm talking about a joyful happiness, if you will. I'm talking about not only delighting yourself, but delighting the heart of God and being truly 
joyful in being that woman, doing those things that he's called us to do. As I stated from the when I first started talking about being real, this all culminates into a joy-filled life when you're doing, when you're being the real person that God created you to do. If you're living a life of authenticity, you can't help but be joy-filled. That's whether right. things are going bad or whether things are going good, you're still joy-filled because it's the joy of the Lord. Mm. And so that is the age. And so that, that I call that my rich life model. It's the foundation of, of my coaching programs. It's the foundation of everything that I talk about and everything that I do in my business. Um, mm. And I, you know, I do that in several ways. I, I still do, well, once the pandemic is over, I'll be back out speaking again, but I do also, um, you know, that's what my coaching is about. It's, it's what I write about in my um, newsletter. It's what I talk about in my um, um, social media and, and everything else that I do. And so that is my business. And it's certainly not something that I came up with that is totally from the Lord. It, it was not me. Um, I like acronyms. Anybody who who follows me uh, and follows my writing knows I use a lot of acronyms. And so this was the one that he gave me for the business when I started it. And so um, that's her rich life. And that's what I do. Awesome. So this may be a dumb question, but I have to ask it anyway, but are your services open and available to anyone, no matter as far as, you know, ladies, what have you, um, no matter where they are located, you know, whether it's in the U.S. or outside the U.S.? Okay, not a dumb question at all, but yes, <laughs> I do my work virtually, and so anybody anywhere is is able to connect with me. It's not a, a problem at all. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, awesome. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty sure you have the ladies out there uh, on fire. I remember seeing something on your website about, uh, was it fire? Bring back your fire and joy. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have, right. I have a um, series I did on burnout. And as a matter of fact, later this year, I am going to be doing a virtual retreat all about bringing back your fire and joy and talking about burnout. Um, and so that's where that came from, because what happens when you're burnt out, and I, there are a lot of burnt out women right now going through this pandemic and, you know, working from home and helping the kids with school and still doing all the other stuff that they were doing before. And so uh, there was a lot of you know, there's a lot of burnout. And so that's what I, I talked about. And so when you're in a burnout state, it's, it's very hard to be filled with any um, joy or any fire. And so one of the things that, that I want to do is help women bring back that fire and joy. And that all goes back to loving your life and, and having work that fuels your soul. Because when you don't like your life and you're doing work that's drudgery or feels, you know, really, um, draining all the energy out of you, mm -hmm. sucking the life out of you, if you will, it, yes, it's, there's no joy or fire to be had there. And so that's, that's <laughs> where that fire and joy came from. Because if you can change those things, if you can love your life, if you can uh, design work that you love, whether that's your career, whether it's a business, whether it's a nonprofit, whatever it is, mm -hmm. when you can do those things, then you'll have the joy and fire that you want. Amen to that. Let's see if, what was it, Jeremiah said fire shot up in your bones? Something That's like that. right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes, ma'am. So if, if you had, I'm going to present this to you. If you had an unlimited budget for her rich life, how would you spend it and why? All right. I would spend it on two things. Mm -hmm. And I look at both of these as being big budget items. Um, the first is I have created a legacy program for women that's mm -hmm. living your legacy now, as well as the legacy that you want to leave behind once you're, you've gone on to heaven to be with the Lord. And it's a year long program that includes a whole lot of things, but mainly it's looking at how does God want you to leave this earth? And everybody was going to have to have a project that they're working on that's going to help uh, maintain that legacy. And so that's the one thing. And the second thing would be that um, I want to do a 10-day international women's retreat. And I haven't decided yet 
what uh, country I'm going to do it in. South Africa is weighing heavy on my mind, but I'm still praying about that. And mm-hmm. so it would be uh, very hands-on, if you will, not just a whole bunch of workshops, but the kind of thing where we might have um, teaching in the mornings and then in the afternoons, we would go out and do different things to reinforce the teaching from the morning. And so those are, those are like two things on uh, the back burner that are always in back of my mind that I'm always remembering. So if I just had an unlimited budget, I go full course on both of those today. I know that's right. Yes, Mm -hmm. ma'am. I could actually seeing, I actually envision you doing like a cruise, a cruise and having certain people, um, celebrities or whatever Mm -hmm. as those crews and they do those workshops or retreats or whatever they call it. Um, You know, I think something like that would be really fun. I'm not sure if you, are fond of boats or not, but uh, <laughs> would you get on a cruise ship? And then too, you know, with the, the whole coronavirus thing, I don't know how many people feel safe going on a cruise ship anymore. I, uh, I know. I, I went on one cruise uh, with Norwegian years ago. It was a seven-day cruise. It was fabulous. Absolutely loved it. But I tend to like going to a place and and having an anchor and just from that one place going out and exploring everything else. And so I think that works better for me. Okay. That's understandable. But now if, if I had enough women who says, Joyce, we want to go on a cruise, you could bet your life. I find a way to make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not, you know, because the bottom line is it's not about me. It's about them. It's about God. And so, you know, I have right. to adjust to that. But anyway. Yes, right. yes mm-hmm. ma'am. Anything's possible, that's for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So with all that you do, because it seems like you have a lot going on and a lot you're involved in, um, what what do you actually do for Joyce? I mean, how do you wind down, you know, after doing so much? Okay. I think I mentioned at the beginning of the interview that I'm an introvert, which simply means that I like quiet time with me. <laughs> so mm-hmm. my number one thing to do is read. And I, I'm always reading. I'm reading uh, two books or three books at a time. Right now I'm reading uh, a prayer book by, uh, oh gosh, is the man's name George Will? I forget what his name is. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also reading a murder mystery. That's my fun thing. Um, I, I like those kind of books. <laughs> trying to figure out who done it. And so I'm always reading. And of course, there's there are magazines and articles and all those kinds of things. So that's one thing that I do. The other thing is I like to bake. And so I bake a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I bake stuff and I give a lot of it away. Um, mm-hmm. And that it's relaxing to me. And I tell people... I'm not creative when it comes to things like dancing and singing and sports and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, but I am creative when it comes to baking. So that's my creative outlet. So I do that. And the other thing is um, I like movies. I love movies, whether they're the theater, whether I'm watching it on my phone, on my tablet, on the PC, TV, whatever. I love movies and and a wide assortment of genres. Uh, Action movies are my favorite. Okay. And yeah, and you know, all the superhero movies and the James Bonds movies and <laughs> all those I love those things. And um I do. And uh I I do like documentaries and I do like foreign films. And so it's sort of a, a wide variety of things that I do. And right. I think the the fourth thing, um, and probably the most important of the four, is that um I love spending time with family and friends. And, you know, these are people who love me and have supported me for so many years. And I've I've done the same for them. A couple of weeks ago, uh, my family, we did a Zoom with with, uh, my mother and my brothers and the grandchildren. And it was just so great. It was it wasn't as great as being in the room with each other, but it was the next best thing, being able to just talk to each other and and reach out. And my family and my friends are people that. My close friends are, are friends I've had in my life for years, mm-hmm. you know, 20 more years. And so it's always great to be able to connect with them and reconnect with them. And so that's how, you know, I, I spend my time. When I was younger, I used to travel a lot. I don't do as much of that anymore. Um, right. But that's still something that I enjoy as well. Beautiful. Beautiful. So let me ask you this. I want to see how how Southern or country you really are. I know what you're oh, okay. 
you like to bake. So with (laughs) baking, is that also translate to cooking as well? I can cook and and I do cook on occasion, but I I don't cook as much as I used to. My mother does most of the cooking, which I am so grateful for. But every now (laughs) and then I give her a break and I do cook. So yes, I can cook. I I am a good cook, but um, I enjoy baking. I will cook because I want to, um, Mm. because I need to, but baking is something that I consider fun. I don't consider cooking fun. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was just, I was going to ask you, do you know, you ever heard of what potatoes? What potatoes? Uh-huh. You know what what potatoes is? I'm afraid not. Oh, so you're not really that country then. So <laughs> Maybe old... <laughs> living in the north of the Midwest kind of took it out of me. I don't know. <laughs> but No. <laughs> Yeah, you know, my parents were real sticklers about grammar and and you know English and stuff. So I don't know. Is is that a, a funny way of saying white potatoes? There you go. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, no, 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 no. <laughs> that was not allowed in our house. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, ma'am. My grandmother and them uh, used to say a lot of old folks. I'm going to uh, fix some wet potatoes and some string beans and some neck bones. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, and I'm familiar know. with neck bones. There you go. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, ma'am. All right. So I, I'll give you your country pass for right now. I'll give that to you. <laughs> <laughs> I claim it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I have two questions for you. And okay. They, they may be difficult. So are you ready? I am ready. All right. And so the first one is, tell me of something you had to overcome. It could be either personal or business related, something that would tie into our first name, Overcomers. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to take the business route. And the thing that I had to overcome is myself, basically. Um, I remember Mm. when I was transitioning out of being a nine to five employee and going on to start the ministry that I believe God wanted me to start. Mm -hmm. I assumed because, and I never actually said this, but looking back on it now, I can see this is what I was assuming that because I knew a lot about a lot of things, I was a lawyer, I'd been trained in the law and I knew how to find out stuff, this, that, and the other, that this was just going to be a piece of cake, that there really wasn't anything else more that I needed to do. I mean, all my life, people had come to me for answers. They were always looking to me to provide whatever it was that they needed, then surely I could take care of this. And what I uh, soon found out was that there's a whole lot of stuff I didn't know, especially when it came to marketing and sales and all of those kinds of things, because that was not my background. That was not anything that I um, had ever looked into. My legal knowledge, of course, came into play in some things when it came to contracts and um, deciding what kind of, of uh, how I was going to set the, the ministry up um, legally, that kind of thing. But there was just a lot that that I did not know. And so for the first time, I realized that I had sort of an overinflated view of myself. And so that whole idea of self-worth and and being Miss Know-it-all had to go. Well, first of all, that's not godly, so it should have been there in the first place. But the second thing was, if I was going to do what I believe the Lord was leading me to do, then I had to depend more on him and I had to um, depend more on other people who knew about this stuff, who knew more about it than I did and and humble myself enough to say, look, I don't get this. Could you please explain it to me Mm -hmm. and be willing to pay for it um, too, because, you know, you have to show an investment in yourself as well as investing in others if you want to see a return. And so that was the thing that, um, and I, I tell um, women who want to start businesses or ministries or nonprofits to be sure, don't think that you know everything because I was very knowledgeable about my subject matter. But when it came to the business side of things, and I don't care if you have a ministry or a nonprofit, you still have to know business. Uh, to get your message out there, to so be able to get the funds in to keep, help you to con- continue to do ministry, help you continue to doing whatever it is that um, you're doing in your nonprofit. And so those are skills that you may not have, but you need to get. 
And so um, that was the thing that I had to overcome when I made that transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Um, the last question on that is, um, if you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't? Okay. Um, you did touch on it because you, you, when you asked me how I was doing in during this pandemic, and um, because I, I work with women, what I would have also asked myself is, how are the women that you're working with doing? How are clients and customers and women you network with, how are, how are they handling this? This, is, this um, pandemic is such a big thing. This, this mm-hmm. is unlike anything most of us have ever faced before. So and it's, it's an unusual time. It's, it's a different time. And then we've got all these other things going on. You know, we've got the racial tension that's still going on in the country. We've got, um, you know, the COVID-19 deaths are in a lot of places. They are going down. They finally settled in South Carolina. And I pray that that remains the same and they keep going down. But in places, you know, people are still dying from this um, awful virus. And so it's, and School, you know, this is the time that parents start preparing for school. So do you send your kids back to a classroom? Do you homeschool them? You know, do you do the virtual training? And if so, what does that mean for me going back to work? You know, all these kinds of things. It's a stressful time. It's a chaotic time. It's a frustrating time. And women catch the brunt of that. Um, I was reading an article um, done by the Barna uh, foundation and they're a Christian polling company, you know, like there's Gallup polls, then there's the Barna um, polls as well. And they do it um, for Christian issues, Christian company. Mm -hmm. And they said that for years, when it came to Bible reading, women have always been number one. And as the pandemic has grown, that Mm -hmm. number has dropped. And I'm thinking, well, I know the reason for that. Mm-hmm. they're doing all this other stuff that the pandemic has brought on. And so it's right. a chaotic time. And so um, I just want to share one thing that I'm trying to do to, to help that I'm doing to try to help women with that. I've created a five day challenge. It's totally free and it only takes about 15 minutes, five days a week where I'm going to help them dive into the lives of five women some principles that they can pull out of the lives of those women and can use to help them get through these times um, and also get them back into the Bible if they haven't had time to do it. Because like I said, it's going to be about 15 minutes or less. And Mm -hmm. even if you wait till the kids are in bed or even if you wait till after work, you can squeeze in 15 minutes, but they can find out more about that. If they go to herrichlife.com slash calm, that's C-A-L-M slash C-A-L-M calm, and they can sign up. Again, it's free. Um, it starts on Monday the 24th. And so um, I, I would suggest that they, uh, if there's someone out there, some woman who is feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, um, you know, and want more calm and peace and less stress in our life. This is something you can do for yourself 15 minutes a day for five days. And I promise you, the Lord is faithful. He is going to honor that time. And so I would just ask them to come join me on this journey. Wow. Amen. I'll tell you what, you are a ball of fire. You, you really <laughs> a very goal-oriented, focused uh, lady on fire. I, I tell you. Well, thank you. I I try to be. (laughs) I try to be. John um, 17, 4 is my favorite scripture in the entire Bible. And Jesus is, you know, that's his prayer. He's praying to the Father and he says to him, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. I want that to be what I'm able to say at the end of my life. That everything God called me to do, I was Mm -hmm. able to do it and I did it well because my life is about bringing glory to him and helping others. That's what I'm here for. And anything else that happens along the way, that's gravy. But that is my purpose. That is what my life is all about. Yes, ma'am. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you you hear it right from Miss Joyce. All right. Well, um, 
I know you mentioned you have a book coming out in the future, and I believe you mentioned with December, you mean? Trying to um, um, hopefully before December. My birthday is in December, so that oh, would be a great okay. month. But um, that is the goal to get it out. It's at the editors, but to get it out by the end of the year. It's called Spa Treatments for the Soul 101 Ways to Renew, Refresh, and Rejuvenate Your Life. Wow. It's a devotional. And so, um, again, for women, but of course, um, <laughs> anybody can be refreshed, rejuvenated. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I work with women. What can I say? That's who right. I've been called to. Right, right. There's nothing wrong with that. That's right. You, you know your lane and what God has given you and your portion. So, hey, go at it with full steam ahead. Yes, ma'am. Well, Joyce, I must say it, it's been an absolute pleasure and honor to host my very first interview with you. I had fun and I really enjoyed talking with you and learning about you definitely and also her rich life. Um, I would also like to share with our audience that you can reach Joyce at her website, which is www.herrichlife.com. Also by email at Joyce at herrichlife.com. And correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you're also on Facebook um, as far yes. as your, your group, which is called Her Rich Life Society. That is correct. Okay. And you mm-hmm. said that starts on September 24th, right? No, well, uh, the challenge, the five-day challenge starts on Monday, August 24th. August 24th. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. So you will have the ladies fully armored and ready to go to war for the Lord. Yes, absolutely. Amen. All right. Well, Joyce, I would like to, um, excuse me, close out in prayer, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay. All right. Father God, we come to you at this time giving thanks for blessing us to see this day and for this wonderful opportunity to be able to come together and learn of Joyce and the business you have divinely blessed her with. Father God, I pray you continually bless Joyce and all she puts her mind and hands to knowing and believing she will give you all the glory and honor you rightfully deserve. We thank you for all you have done and are currently doing and will do in the future in her life. I pray for your continued protection over Joyce and her family, keeping her in her going ins and going out. This we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you again. Yes, ma'am. I really do appreciate you, Joyce, and, you know, your time and, again, being the first guest. And I'd like to close out by saying peace with you, peace be with you, and you take good care of yourself. Thank you. You do the same. Thank you so much. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.